is Business Therapy, healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Dihanson, management consultant, with me co-host Christine Salvo, therapist, certified mediator, and certified hypnotherapist. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Oh, man. I feel like we are just on the on the downslope of uh, one of the uh, one of the more challenging years that we've had and uh, uh, theme things seem to be looking up for 2021 in a number of ways vaccinations are going out all sorts of interesting things um, but I today I really want to talk about how we can start to heal some of our our relationships and how we can really start to open up to to all ways of thinking um, as we come into a a very different year than I think we've ever experienced before. Well, it, at least in our lifetime, right? Like, yeah. like, there's probably been more challenging times in history, but in our lifetime, this has been pretty challenging. And I think one of the things that has really kind of come out of this is a lot of kind of this idea of separation right? That our differences are really starting to show and people have been more vocal about their differences in whether it's politics, uh, race, sexuality, um, even, even financial um, differences. It's, it just feels like everything's been really polarized this year. So it's one of those times in our, in our life where it's like your personal opinion is, is, has been definitely kind of showcased in a lot of ways, right? Where, People are talking about it. They're stepping out of their comfort zone. I've known at least five people this year that have lost friends of over 20 years over this idea of we're different. And we're so different that we cannot even be friends anymore, right? I can't respect you or I can't be associated with you because this way that it didn't matter that we were different before, all of a sudden is the most important thing. Well, and I think that a, a big shift in you know the past year has been um, really how how much we haven't had that personal one on one energy at the level that we have. So we've turned to social media to try to stay connected, but really what we're dealing with is is text on a screen, and it removes a lot of a lot of the emotion behind things, and it. It it is it's almost a a delineator and a separator in itself. Absolutely, and so like what you said, when we are operating just from text or type, we lose tone, and tone is everything. That's how we know. There, the only way we know the difference between, you know, let's say you get a text message in the morning that says hi. Whether you think that person's in a good mood, it could be a hi. If you think they're in a bad mood, it could be a hi. Or if it's all lowercase, it's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? (laughs) Right, right. So, So there's no way to understand the emotional meaning behind the words. And so what we tend to do is we fill in the gaps. Our brain does that automatically. So it basically depends on our mood and how we feel about that person. <laughs> so if we're in good spirits with that person, we're like, oh, they're just saying hi. If we're not, it's like, uh-oh, what's wrong? What's happening? And it, it's so easy to kind of misinterpret, overthink, uh, overanalyze 
all this text. So not only is it lacking any kind of emotional content or tone, which lets us know how the person means it, it's also, I know we've all heard of the term hiding behind the screen. So it gives us almost this permission to say things and act in ways that we would never do in a social situation because we're more consciously aware. We wouldn't necessarily want to be offensive. We wouldn't want to hurt someone's feelings. We would agree to disagree. Maybe we would um, remove ourselves from the conversation. But because it's done in this way that you can kind of hide behind, right? You can say all these things where it feels like there's really no consequence. You can't hear what the other person is hearing or the tone they hear because we're all interpreting that ourselves. And also when they respond or reply to you, you can't hear what they mean or the reflection in their voice of what of how that's meant to be delivered. And all of a sudden we have a lot of these social media wars going on between people that have long-standing, happy, healthy relationships. Yeah, it's... Um... It's that 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 black and white, that hiding behind the screen, that um, attaching belief to perceived evidence that creates this division. I think moving into kind of a a different way of being after, and and it's also you know a a really natural response to look for people who are like me when I am feeling alone, isolated. Um, you know, I'm not getting maybe my needs of touch met, or I'm not getting my social needs met, or I'm not getting my exercise needs met. Um, there was a period last year in our area where not only were we in lockdown, but the smoke was so incredibly bad outside that there were there were harmful air warnings, so you couldn't go outside. So not getting the exercise needs met. All of these things you know, really inflames that um, I'm looking for someone like me. I'm looking for someone to commiserate with me. And if you don't, I don't want you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's been really, it's, you know, coming from a, a therapy standpoint, it's been devastating for a lot of people. You know, how can, how can we have such an established relationship? Like I thought we could get through anything. And all of the sudden we chose different political candidates and we're not friends. And not only are we not friends, but the friendship didn't necessarily end cordially or respectfully or kindly. You know, it's usually kind of done uh, with volatility and anger and character assassination. Right, right. So so then what I want to lean into this episode is repair. Yeah. Radical inclusion. How do mm -hmm. you make that shift? between this almost acceptable divisibility and this this acceptable divisiveness that that had you know kind of you know become the new the new uncomfortable normal to to really committing to yourself to for self-inquiry for yeah. uh, self-inquiry in regard to radical inclusion. So for those who, who don't know, radical inclusion is um, a term that was coined out of um, the Burning Man Festival. And what it is, is it's basically including anyone, no matter what. So if someone wants to be included, you're included. And there's, it, it's not about, you know, what, 
you know, what you believe, what you look like, what your orientation is, you are included in, you know, whatever is whatever is going on. So inclusiveness in this regard, I just want to maybe open up to maybe the idea that we can question our very root beliefs about, you know, why we exclude, you know, what is it about something possibly that's triggering the desire for exclusion or the, um, maybe the questions that you need to ask to come into a little bit more of understanding it. I'm just reminded of the quote, seek to understand rather than to be understood. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're saying this, I'm really thinking about the art of the debate. <laughs> so I really think that in recent times, even in my lifetime, maybe the last 15 years, political correctness has kind of taken over. And I actually do not think that that's uh, particularly productive because what it really did was it stopped conversations. Well, that's not politically correct. So we don't talk about it. Well, that's not politically correct. And if you say something that's not politically correct, you are automatically shut down. But the truth is people don't usually think in political correct terms. That's more of a social nicety. That's more of a business place thing. It's not a human animal thing. Everyone has opinions, everyone has ideas, everyone has belief systems, and you're not going to get away from it. But we stopped having debates. We stopped having conversations. It was kind of, you know, we've all heard the term, right? Like, don't talk about religious religion or politics at the table. Why not? I, I do believe that so much of what's happened now has been a product of everybody being so quiet <laughs> that now it was like it was like too much pressure built up and we have this social media platform where again we can hide behind the keyboard and all of a sudden now we can't shut up. And so to me, it's really about finding that happy medium. So this has come up in session, as I've said, numerous times where it's like I had this person or it's even family members, you know, like my daughter or my son is so politically different than me that we can't even be in the same room because we can't have a cordial conversation. Someone gets mm -hmm. heated and starts character assassinating. So if we're looking at repair, first and foremost, we have to start testing ourselves and going, okay, how open am I to have a diverse conversation right now? How open am I to hearing this position from someone else's side perspective belief system? Can I be respectful if I don't agree? Do I have the right? to be disrespectful if I don't agree? Do I have the right to be violent if I don't agree? And those answers typically, thought that's that personal responsibility thing. And I would say the answer is no. You can absolutely have different beliefs, but you cannot be disrespectful and or act out in violent or aggressive manners over it. You can remove yourself from the conversation. You can say, hey, this is really kind of hitting a chord for me. I need to take a breath. I need to change the topic. I went as far as I can go. We can set limits. We can set boundaries. But crossing that line is really hard to come back. Well, and I also think that that radical inclusion is about cultivating areas of sameness as well. So when when that line can be crossed, well, maybe the the question when I ask myself, you know, am I able to be impartial right now? Am I too heated? Okay, I'm too heated. Where can I see common ground? Where can I see vision? And it does, and most of the time it's probably not going to be on topic, but the common ground might be, you know what? 
are you enjoying your steak? It's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, we're at an amazing, delicious restaurant. And, uh, you know, what a great meal, what great wine. And, you know, when's the last time, um, when did you, you know, when's the last time you, you ate out? Isn't it cool that we're actually eating out right now? How awesome and blessed is it that, that this restaurant is open right now? And, and coming into a, some sort of accord versus, you know, banging the head up against the wall on the difference, you know, possibly looking for, looking for those common areas of, you know, what do we both want? Right. And what do we both agree on? Because yeah. as, as much as we can be different, like you said, I think that a lot of the times, especially in these long-term established relationships, there's far more agreement than disagreement. But we we aren't hearing people. We aren't taking that time. And part of radical inclusion to me is being willing to be around people that are different, that we wouldn't necessarily hang out with uh, on our own accord or device, and being open to learning about new people. Mm -hmm. Right? Because once we get into someone's story, the human story is always captivating. That's why we read books and watch movies. It's it. That's all that there is, right? There's this human story and we all love a good human story. We all have our own story we love. And that's where I think what you're saying, if even if we can't find common ground, maybe we're from two parts of the world where we literally have just nothing in common other than we're human. Wow, is that fascinating. So I think that there's an element of this radical inclusion of being curious. I think so too. And it's, it's opening up to a new experience. And when you open up into that new experience, you, you, you really enrich your, your way of life in a, in a number of different ways. I, I can't count how many times I've met somebody on this show. And I thought the conversation was going to go one way and I went, a completely different direction and I learned so much so it's about kind of even dropping the assumptions about what am I what am I going to expect from this person and and be open to receiving something completely new yeah so being able to receive and the other part of radical inclusion that that really kind of rings a bell for me is the authenticity so, so much of the Burning Man culture that kind of brought up this topic is be who and what you are, right? Let, let every aspect of you show. So Burning Man really creates this container of everything goes. Everyone's welcome. You're not going to be really shocking to anyone. Let it happen. Let yourself shine. Let every color under the, under the sun, you know, come out in you. And in those environments, it's beautiful, right? Because some of the things I've seen there, I couldn't even have imagined. I just could not. Like it was so, it's so mind opening and it's just so heart opening. And you're like, wow, this is really your, like, this is the version of you that I could see you dressing like this every day and really being in your authentic self. And so part of this uh, radical inclusion, I believe, is letting others, whether they're dressing up, Burning Man, or just, you know, coworkers, family members, letting everyone just be themselves and allowing that for yourself, obviously to showing who you really are to the world. And I love this bit on the Burning Man journal. It says, done right, radical inclusion is the engine that keeps our creative energies going year after year and is frequently uncomfortable. If it's not at least a little uncomfortable, 
comfortable from time to time, you're probably just playing with people you'd hang out with outside of radical inclusion. And what good is that? So this really comes down to even, even expanding your experience as, as a humanitarian. I mean, how many of our listeners listening today have sat down next to a guy on, on a street who's homeless and, and gotten his story? Right. How many people have, who have um, never, have they ever dated someone outside their race, swiped right on someone who was outside of their race and gone on a date? Yeah. Or so, even just eating foods that were uncomfortable, right? Um, right. And it's that, it's that discomfort part. So it's not just... I, I accept those ideas, um, people, um, places that create a, an air of comfort, really just sitting down even and, and challenging yourself and going, okay, what would make me super mega uncomfortable that I could learn from today? <laughs> right. And, just and just presenting yourself it. with that challenge. I completely agree with that. And I think that sometimes, you know, we're really thinking about this in an external way, but I, I know on a regular basis, I actually challenge myself to radically include myself <laughs> with myself, right? Like, like I'll have this like feeling or this thought or this thing come up, right? Without my permission. And I have to sit with myself and go, you know what? Radically include, radically be inclusive with all that I am and all that I'm still learning on my journey of just being alive. Every new situation I'm in, I'm constantly learning, I'm being challenged, and I'm I'm being shown different aspects of myself. And some aspects I don't always like, and that's very normal human experience, right? So when we can kind of look at this idea from the micro to the macro, if I'm really willing to radically include myself, to radically accept myself, to radically authentically be myself, show myself, know myself, I then have some capacity to do that for others. But if I've never even taken the time to get to know who I am, or I've shoved down my own creativity or my own impulsivity or my own sexuality or whatever that looks like, then it'd be really hard to offer that generosity, that inclusion to other people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the key to to either self inquiry, um, to radically include yourself or others, is to question, to to not state, to not bring up your position, but just to lean in and question and and get to know. So that is, you know, one way that you can learn is just just to lean in, just to ask questions without, and this is big, without judgment. Right. That's, that's that radical acceptance thing, which is like, wow, I am really being someone I don't like right now. And I completely love and accept myself. Uh -huh. Yep. Because absolutely. we, we typically are more forgiving of others. <laughs> you know, we make graces for others, right? Like, well, they're really stressed or they're really tired or they were under the influence or blah, 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 blah. And we're really generous typically with other people. Most of the time, not, not a hundred percent. Most of the time we can kind of let things go. But when it comes to ourselves, man, do people give themselves a lifetime sentences of, of personal judgment. It's okay yeah. for them, but it's not okay for me. Mm -hmm. And bringing that home, that radical acceptance of, I deserve to be here too, in all forms that I take, 
and they deserve to be here in all forms that they take. And how can we start to develop this kind of um, acceptance and embracing the human condition rather than kind of, you know, something that I, I swear I hear this every day. It's like, our culture is is pretty toxic. We have a toxic American culture. And I'm only saying American because this is where we are right now. This is where we live. I'm sure every culture has some aspects. But it's like fit in the box, do it perfectly, do it linear, like make a million dollars by the time you're 26. If you don't, you're a loser. You know, get married, have the kids, keep it going. It doesn't matter how many demands you have on you. It doesn't matter. Just keep going, right? The house has to be perfect. The food has to be homemade. You know, I have so many young moms going like, I'm a bad mom because I use diapers from the store and I don't make my own baby food. I'm, you know, I'm failing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is so sad. This is so incredibly sad because I don't, you know, I know who it serves and we don't need to go there, but there's a purpose to this, right? You know, rise and grind and perfection and competition. It makes money. If we were really able to release all of that and go, gosh, you know, maybe my dishes aren't done and the food isn't homemade, but my family's happy. <laughs> you know, we laughed today. We went for walks today. We made memories today. No one's going to remember if there were dishes in the sink. They're going to remember the walk we took and the thing that happened and, and the pictures or, or whatever. So, so taking these kinds of radically accepting yourselves, working on radically accepting others, being curious, being willing to um, inquire. And then also saying, you know, a lot of people are, are more willing to have these difficult conversations because they want to educate. So I, you know, I don't know everything about everything. I have plenty of situations and diverse people that I work with that I tell them, hey, I will tell you as much as I know. And at the point where I've reached my limit of knowledge on either your culture, your sexuality, whatever that case is, may I ask you questions and will you educate me, please? And I've never had anyone say no. And in fact, it's usually very appreciated. Like, thank you for recognizing that you're going to hit a wall of limitations because this isn't your culture. This wasn't where you were born. This isn't, you know, that's not your sexual identity. But thank you for being willing to ask the question so that I can help bridge that gap so we can continue to communicate. Yes, exactly. And that's that continuation of communication that that's important. It's when the wall goes up and you're, you're just at an impasse and there's nothing more to be said but things that are angry that things really break down and and that's with self as well so you pointed out societal expectation and it's really self expectation based on all of the information out there so i want to challenge listeners if you're feeling that you're a failure because you're not making your own baby food which people in your life are are espousing that making your own baby food is the only way? And can you make a new choice to surround yourself with people who may not believe that as staunchly? You know, same reason if you believe and you're a young person that um, you've got to be um, a certain rank of rank of education or have a certain job by a certain age. Where is that being installed from? Is that something that your parents told you? Do you personally believe that you are allowed a choice that you can choose to believe or not believe that? If you choose to believe that, then then that is 
ultimately your choice. And, and so are the consequences of embracing that belief. And that is part of you. And that is, that is your belief. If it truly is, if it isn't having the courage to self-inquire, having the courage to research other paths that might be a fit that might have you in your joy space versus this very stressed out space is, you know, you owe it to yourself to, to do something like that. But, you know, society can only do so much without your permission. And with your permission, that is where, um, you know, some of the expectations come from. Some of the hardest ex expectations we put on ourselves come from the fact that we're still putting those expectations on ourselves and not allowing ourselves really radical in inclusion of who we are, radical acceptance of self, and also the ability to maybe consider other pathways as the pathway to, to peace and uh, happiness. Absolutely. I, I love that as well put. And I tend to I tend to say if you're doing anything in the extreme, it's probably unhealthy. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm extremely anything, any anytime the pendulum is swinging so far one way. And typically where we are happiest is I like to say kind of like uh, right there in the middle swinging a small swing. We're, we're still swinging. Nobody's just stagnant. But when we're going from one extreme to the other extreme, yeah, that, that's that's not where we want to be. So even as a society, when we're thinking about others, it's like, you know, this person has different beliefs and different views. Um, I could probably still be friends with them. You know, I don't necessarily need to be extreme and say we can never talk again because we want a different president. We're going to say, you know, um, this too shall pass. I think we can get through this and I'd like to learn more about my friend that I'm realizing is so different from me. Right. So I think when you're really talking about bridging the gap too, it's about like, Hey, like you said in the very beginning, what are the commonalities? Because this is why I like this candidate. Why do you like that candidate? Okay. Similar reasons. We just go about it in different ways. And if we, like we said, if we hit a ceiling, we need to learn some coping skills because our relationships really are the most important things to us. And there's been all these studies on the end of life and people, uh, you know, facing death and very few people really care about who's in the presidency in that moment. In those moments of your life, it's like, Hey, it's the people that have been there that have witnessed my life that have shared my life with me that have shared the tears, the joy, the laughter, the pain, and that are who are here with me today. Big picture global view. It's like what really matters at the end of the day. And to move it even away from politics is the ex exclusionary of, you know, I can't date someone if they're vegan. Um, or I can't, um, I can't, um, really stand to be around someone of this religion or I feel this religion is dangerous um, or you know just just those uncomfortable like bits of exclusion where that have kept they've kept our psyches very very safe feeling um, and 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 openly challenging some of those things to go okay well, I might feel this way, but have I ever asked myself what it is about that that is, is so near and dear to me? And have I ever really dug in and inquired about the root of this belief? Is it my belief? Um, and can I 
allow myself to become open enough, to become curious enough, to become um, in the search of equity and equanimity, to find that um, to find that common ground, or to find ways where I mean, you might meet the absolute love of your life who just happens to be vegan. I'm but vegan. Everything else, <laughs> and I know you're vegan. This is why I'm using this example. But there are, but really, there. I mean, dating sites are even positioned for exclusion. I don't want this person. If they're vegan, no, I, they must do this, 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 this. I'm going to exclude all of these things, and not look at other potential areas that can be so life enriching. So, I, if I had a challenge for our audience this week. It would be just where can where can we not just come into repair, but come into an era of of openness, of of unsurpassed openness to our differences and acceptance of our differences. I think if we can do that, it will be a better day for all. I love it. Great challenge. This has been Business Therapy, healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Di Hansen, management consultant. And I'm Christine Salvo, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mediator and certified hypnotherapist. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. <laughs>